Hello everybody and welcome to episode 314 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Ah, thank you Jeff and uh, nice to be back uh, with another show. Yes, yeah, we've got a, another big show as always Alois. We've got uh, heaps of... Heaps of good segments. We've got lots of questions to answer and yeah, an interesting topic to discuss as well. Is this show number 314? That's a lot of shows. It is a lot of shows, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the reason we've got to 314 is mainly because of the joke of the week segment. Oh, was that the joke? That's, a, that's not a bad one, Jeff. <laughs> of course it's not the joke. That's not even funny. <laughs> Sure. But but this one coming up really is, Alice. Are you ready for it? Of course. What is red and bad for your teeth? Um, I don't know, Jeff. A brick. <laughs> it's bad for your teeth. Really, really bad for your teeth, in fact. <laughs> that's, that's a classic. Everyone just... Go and tell someone that joke tonight. Make someone's lives better. <laughs> no comment. Uh, yes, love it. All right, Alois. It is now time for On This Week. What have you got for us? Uh, yes, actually something interesting, Jeff. So um, so we've got a few birthdays. We've got um, Achanta Sharath Kamal from India. His um, birthday was on the 12th of July. Um so I think most famously for me, he won the gold medal at the 2006 Commonwealth Games uh, in the men's singles and also in the men's teams. And it was a classic uh, final uh, between uh, himself and William Hensel from Australia. Mm. Where Went down to the wire, Alois, that game. It did, yes. And I was uh, commentating at the time and I remember... Yeah, what a great match it was. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, and he's really stood the test of time, old uh, Achanta. He's he's done really well. He, he played at the um, recent 2018 Commonwealth Games where he won a bronze medal in the men's singles as well. So 12 years on. Yeah. Yeah, still going strong. So Old uh, old Achanta, 36 years old. Yeah, indeed. So, and uh, But on, on the younger side, also born on the same day, well, same birthday, but in 1993 is Liam Pitchford. And um, I'm a big fan of uh, Liam Pitchford. We've seen a bit of his play um, around. But, uh, yeah, he, I, I suppose his greatest claim to fame would be part of being part of that uh, England men's team um, in 2016 that reached uh, the semi-final and won the bronze medal in the World Team Championships, which was a huge, um, huge effort. Yeah, what but, a performance that was. Yeah, and uh, and you know the, that that men's team's really uh, had some great results. Another bronze in the World Cup in 2018 um, in London, and um, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know he's he's sort of one of the real backbones of uh, of England table tennis. Um, so he was born in '93. What does that make him, Jeffrey? 25. My goodness, is he 25 already? Oh. <laughs> I remember. I remember actually seeing him in um, at 2010 World Championships, hitting uh, with his uh, with his coach there, and thinking, "Gee, that, that young kid looks all right." 
So he must have been what seventeen then. Yeah. So yeah. So he's definitely all right. But yeah, I got I got to see him up close um, at the Commonwealth Games recently, and uh, yeah, he is very impressive, very impressive uh, player, and that uh, backhand of his that he hits is a ripper. Awesome. And then uh, another couple of Australian Aussie birthdays. So another one is uh, Russell Laval. Um, former Australian men's singles champion. Um, yes. 74, also on the 12th of July. So pretty uh, popular birthday, that 12th of July. It certainly born, is. Born in 74, so he's about the same age as you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just a couple of months older. That's right. And uh, and then the last uh, Australian, one of uh, the Australian Paralympic uh, team members, Andrea McDonnell, has her birthday tomorrow, the 17th of july so uh happy birthday to andrea and we won't tell everyone how old you are andrea <laughs> yes and she had some good results recently picked up a bronze medal um recently yeah bronze medal at the commonwealth uh, games in the uh para women's singles so uh so that was a big breakthrough for andrea and she also you know recently at the um rio paralympics played off for a bronze medal in the teams event as well so um yeah so happy birthday to andrea for tomorrow there you go excellent is that that all you got for us alois on on this week yeah one other sad one actually on the on on this week so um draton sherbeck um passed away um recently so uh yeah so uh, he he's one of the legends of uh, well Yugoslav and then Croatian table tennis. Um, so and I remember watching him play. Had unbelievable footwork, uh, did Serbek. Um, but he passed away at age 71. So uh, so very sad. So he won the um, uh, the Fair Play Award, the Richmond, Richard Bergman Award at the World Championships in 1995. I think that's you know just a testament to. Uh, the quality of the person that he that he was, um, and represented Yugoslavia on 503 occasions, uh, and then uh, later representing Croatia uh, 15 times as well. So, uh, yeah, so a real uh, real champion uh, of of the game, and uh, will be sadly missed for the game. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, there you go, Alois. Um, I think that's the first. Well, you got a lot of birthdays. Probably the first death you've had on this week. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, yes. Um, there you go. And seventy-one years old, Alois. Is that you? Were, you were talking to me earlier. We're going. Is that young? Is that old? It's not that these days old. as I get older. Yeah, it's not that old nowadays. Yeah, so I'm not sure the circumstances of his uh, passing, but. Uh, yeah, condolences to his family for sure, and you know his uh, his kids played as well. So I remember I remember getting his birthday mixed up once on um, on this um, on this week segment. Surely not. Yeah, I, I well, it was it might have been the, the one and only mistake I once made on this <laughs> segment, Jeff, when I uh, had he, had his son's birthday instead of uh, his birthday. But, uh, <laughs> well, they do have the same name. Just, you know, <laughs> son's yes. not as old as he was. Yeah. Very good. All right, Alice. Well, let's move on now to the tournament wrap. We've got um, a very exciting couple of tournaments coming up. 
Yeah, so we've got the um, Korean Open uh, starting tomorrow. So the qualification of that um, starts tomorrow. Um, and a pretty strong field uh, at the Korean Open as well. So we've got, um, you know, players like uh, uh, Ovcharov and a lot of the Chinese players will be there as well. So um, so that'll be that'll be good to see. You know how they how they all shape up. Another another opportunity for these guys. No Ma Long at this tournament, um, or uh, um, or Zhangji Kerr, But we've got Ovcharov, Lin Gaoyuan, Zhu Xin. Um, then uh, yeah, players like uh, Wang Chung Ting, Li Sang Su, Koki Niwa, and uh, of course the youngster Harry Moto. He's in everything, and he'll be there as well as Calderano. So so looking forward to that. Um, and I suppose for us uh, here in Australia, really looking forward to the following week, uh, which is the Australian Open. And uh, and I think a lot of players will be playing both of these events, so coming down to play the Korean Open and then um, especially the Europeans, then uh, heading straight to Australia from there. Oh, it's going to uh, be massive, Alois. This is, yeah, yeah, really looking forward to this. Yeah, and... Um, for those of you that are coming along to the Australian Open, on uh, the first two mornings, um, Ping Sills will be, will be there and we'll be uh, just doing some development sessions um, in the mornings from 10 till 12 as well. So uh, if you're along at the Australian Open, come along and say hi. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, you can grab them from pingskills.com just on the front page there. Yeah, not to be missed, that's for sure. Exactly. So, yeah, so definitely couple of exciting weeks coming up for me uh getting a chance to see these guys up close and personal again yeah um, it will be great now alloy is talking about harimoto yes um we released a video recently of how to celebrate like harimoto you were fantastic in the video well, gotta say yeah you were being very silly in that video Jeff. <laughs> yeah. if you haven't seen it uh Jump on the pig seals, click on the blog, and you'll see Alois there teaching you how to celebrate like Harry Moto. Um, but we've got a, a big reaction from a lot of people. He kind of has split the audience. Some people it, think it's really good the way he celebrates and gets excited, and other people think it's a bit too much and a bit maybe disrespectful even to be um, yelling after every single point he wins, and especially if, if you, the opponent makes a mistake. Yeah, really interesting uh, reactions by people, and and yeah, and as you said, just really um, complete opposite reactions. So uh, really polarizing uh, you fans out there of table tennis. Yeah, some people just absolutely hated it. Some people just think that he is just rude and um, and uh, yeah, just not showing any respect during the game uh, by his actions. And others, as you said, yeah, really really enjoying the the celebrations and the um, and the the spectacle that it brings. I'm a bit on the the second side there. I I, I really like uh, the youngster Harry Moto. I like the way he um, he adds a lot of uh, atmosphere to the hall. You know, any hall he's in, um, you you, you want to be there. You want to be watching. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I just I'm not really sure where I sit on this one, Alois. It's um... you're not on the fence, are you, Jeff? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But I think, you know, a table tennis has always seemed to have um, some kind of, you know, intense rivalry between the players. I remember, I remember watching uh, 
1987 World Championship Final between uh, Waldner and Zhang Jialing. And I remember at one point, Waldner was back lobbing and ended up losing the point. And Zhang Jialing was walked around the whole table and was just fist pumping the whole way around the table. He got over to Waldner's side and Waldner was sort of way back at the back of the court and hadn't really noticed and turned around and saw him on his own side of the table, walking around, just pumping his fist. And it was it was, it was, was a little bit shocking when he was doing that. But, you know, this is, seems to be more a part of the game than in other sports, you know, like tennis, where it's even more gentlemanly or whatever you'd like to call it. Yeah, but even in tennis nowadays, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, a yelling after points and things and celebrating. Um, I mean, they... they they're yelling during points in tennis. Um, <laughs> I, 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 re- I really like the atmosphere. And, and I suppose I'm just coming from the, the side of wanting to see table tennis get bigger and more popular to the general public as well. Um, and I often think, you know, when, when I sit down and watch some sterile table tennis, that, you know, who, who would actually want to come and watch, um, you know, two players that they don't really know and just, you know, going about their business? Um, I just think for the general public walking in and seeing, um, you know, hearing and seeing the entertainment there, I, I, I just like it. Yeah, that's a good good point. Good point. Um, yeah, so um, if you've got an opinion, yeah, jump onto the Ping Skills blog, have a look at Alloys celebrating like Karimoto. Joe, jolly! Um, and leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting debate. Interesting debate. All right, Alois. Well, let's let's get off Harry Moto. Let's move on to the trill of the week, which, of course, is the tip and the drill of the week. What wordsmiths we are to combine those two into a single word. <laughs> That's us, exactly. Um, so, yeah, last week we uh, talked about um, just the movement, the transition from the serving to the rally, and I uh, hope you just examined your own movement in, um, in that situation for yourself and just finding uh, more efficient ways to move from your service to a, a good ready position in the rally. Um, this tip and drill and that sort of thing of the week this week, <laughs> yep. I've touched on this before, but I think, you know, coming up to um, the Australian Open, it just uh, reminded me that what about watching top players and, uh, and how important that can be in your development uh, as a table tennis player. I, f- I always say, you know, like if if you think about it, one of the reasons that um, countries like China are so strong is because they are seeing the better players and, and, the, and other players are seeing the best players in the world next to them or in the same hall or, um, you know, at, at uh, local tournaments and things. So just seeing and being immersed in that um, level really helps you to um, improve your own level. You know, just add some good images in your head. Um, it, um, you know, when you're watching other, you know, your brain's actually firing and it's, um, and it's remembering uh, patterns, etc. So, you know, it's, it is really important to just get a chance to watch the best players in the world, what they're doing with their technique um, and, uh, and see if you can uh, start to, introduce that into your own uh, into your own game now i mean th- there's there's different ways of watching so one is to just watch it and that's just fine you know i mean if you're just sitting there 
almost um, mind-numbingly just watching the match and just enjoying it, you are still taking in all those images and it'll, it's still really beneficial. But you, you could also start to get a little bit more technical and start to delve into what you're watching. You know, for example, uh, you know, we talk, we've talked over the last couple of shows, we've talked about um, the movement of players and looking at Harimoto and Marlon's movement. So you could really, you know, just sit there and just try to focus in on a specific aspect of their game, like their movement, or you might, um, uh, you know, hone in particularly on their service action or their movement after their serve that we talked about last session. Or it might be that you want to particularly watch their backhand topspin technique or their return of serve technique. So, you know, you can really start to focus your mind on those aspects, those particular aspects, and, um, and see if you can glean a little bit more in those particular things. Uh, or the, those areas of the game. So, so you can do it both ways. Just watch, just watch the match, enjoy it, and just take in those images. Or you can start to get a little bit more technical and, and watch um, more closely about a specific aspect of their game. Yeah, and one other thing I really like, Alois, about being able to watch um, on YouTube or on the ITTF website these days is the ability to kind of replay um, a specific point or something that you're interested in. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you, you know, yeah, when you're, when you're watching it on the video, it makes it a lot easier. Um, and, you know, just even taking it back, doing some slow-mo um, of it, because often we miss... Um, technical aspects just because of the speed of what they're um, what they're doing it was interesting I was uh, I was with a, a, a guy who um, is a novice to watching table tennis and he was we were watching some serves in particular and his perception of what was actually happening with the serve was was um, was really interesting I mean he at one stage he thought you know the player was hitting it with the other side of the racket Wow. Um, what he actually was just because of you know the, the flourishing movements before and after so um, yeah so slow mowing um, the video if you get that opportunity can really help as well excellent alright well great uh, tip and drill of the week there and especially with the Australian Open and the Korean Open coming up uh, start watching some of the top players check them out in these tournaments they're going to be some amazing uh, games and yeah and as Ella said maybe just watch some of them and then some of them pick something you really want to focus on excellent advice alright that brings us on now to the questions and first up we have a question from Rayan who says when I play against my father he sometimes hits way too fast for me to react and he gets many points because of this and so Rayon wants to know how can he improve his reaction time and be able to tell where his father's going to hit the ball so he can be there and counter the ball back. Ah, uh, Rayon, good question. And this one comes back to how well you are tracking the ball to start off with. That is absolutely crucial. And it's, a, it's an area that a lot of players forget about. We harp on it a lot because I really believe it's, it's important to... Uh, to getting the best out of your game. So the first thing is really track that ball from the time that your opponent's got it in his hand serving or when you're serving, track that ball all the way through the rally. That will give you much better information as to what's happening uh, with uh, with the ball, where it's coming 
um, what speed, what spin, um, and that will help you to react a little bit faster. Yeah. The other thing... Now, Alois, on that, when people, when you say track the ball, a lot of people would just be like, but I, I do watch the ball. So are there any particular tips to make sure that, you know, they're really tracking it closely? Yeah, there's watching and there's watching. So, you know, I, I, I used to always think that I was watching the ball well, but you can get a little bit deeper into it. You can start to, you know, track things like, see if you can see the label on it. It's, it's difficult to do, and it's not something that you'll see often, but, you know, just look for the label um, on the ball. That way you, you know that you're actually intensely watching, uh, watching the ball in flight, not just watching a general picture. So if you can do that, again, you'll start to pick up things a little bit quicker. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, any other tips for Rayon? Yeah, the other, the, uh, the next thing is just um, thinking about your body or your chest facing towards the ball all the time, and your back actually tracking where the ball is all the time. If you can do that, then again, you're going to be in a good position to hit that next ball. So, uh, we do have a have a, a good video on um, on this whole area uh, called improving your reflexes. If you haven't seen it, um, get get to it and, and watch it. I think it's one of our better ones. Um, it's one that can really help your game. So um, so have a look at that one on improving your reflexes. Excellent. Um, All right, I'll put a note uh, in the show notes. So a link to that video in the show notes. Great. The, just the last aspect of this is. Um, you're talking about your your father hitting the ball or smashing the ball too hard. And there's another video we've got um, called I Can't Return That Smash. Take a look at that one as well because that talks a little bit about um, how you can stop someone playing that faster ball as well by not giving them um, a higher ball, keeping the ball lower, keeping it to difficult um, positions on the table as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you if they can't attack hard in the first place because you've placed the ball well or kept it low or made it difficult for them, then uh, you're already ahead of the game. Awesome. Great question, Rayan. All right. Next up is one from Radim. And Radim says, Hi, guys. First off, awesome website and YouTube channel. He loves it. Uh, thank you, Radim. <laughs> now, he's been playing for four years and he's playing, playing doubles uh, with some guys but they've never learned the proper technique alloys so often his partner might chop the ball up high and redeem expects him to smash it so he goes back but then they don't really hit it that hard and it sort of just lands on the table and then falls really low and it's an awkward ball so it's hard for him to hit so he wants some tips on this because when he watches the professionals play they never seem to have this ball like if it's high the guys always smash it so have you got any advice for Redim? Yeah, so it, it can be an awkward one, Redim, because um, if you're expecting that ball to come fast and, you know, you're expecting uh, your opponents to play, I suppose, better or higher quality topspin strokes, then, you know, you position yourself for that and you move away from the table. I think it's a matter of, again, <laughs> watching that, watching the flight of the ball, watching the ball carefully and just seeing what's actually coming, not what you think is going to come. So, you know, just because the ball's up higher doesn't mean that they're going to play a strong shot. You, you need to then start to um, 
react to where the ball actually is. So if that ball is coming slower, then there's no need to move back and you can uh, move in a little bit closer to the table, um, take that ball a little bit earlier. If the ball is dropping, get your legs down low and make good position for that ball as well. So yes, there's a couple of aspects there to it, isn't there? Uh, you know, one is just watching the ball and seeing it for what it is, not what you expect um, your opponent to do. And then the second one is to just move well into position, especially for that lower ball, and get your legs down nice and low to make that. Yeah, and I guess by tracking the ball, and I guess just experience playing against these types of players, hopefully you'll pick up some cues as to whether they actually are going to hit the ball hard, or whether they're going to play this shot where it's not so hard. Um, because, yeah, if the ball's high and you stay really close and they do smash it, it's going to be hard. But if you can pick up that cue earlier, maybe you don't have to move so far back or you can come in closer, and then that shot will be so much easier for you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, great. All right, thanks for the question, Radim. Next up is one from Yogesh, who says, Hi, Coach. My son and daughter, who are eight and five years old, are just starting to learn the game, and your guest sees that they lack the movement, so he needs some guidance on whether there's some shadow drills or something they can do to help their movement. So have you got any advice for Yogesh uh, in helping him with his kids? Yeah, so um, so you talked there about shadow play, Yogesh. It, that can be uh, useful, especially for kids when they're starting out or, or players when they're starting out, just to get the real feel of the action of the stroke. Um, so what shadow... Um, play is is just you're standing there um, or you're you're playing without a ball basically so um, you're um, you're playing the stroke so you might want to uh, practice your forehand for example so you just stand there and you go through the movement of your forehand actually moving your bat through the through the um, through the movement of your forehand um, and try to do that correctly um, where that's useful is that you don't have the pressure of the ball coming towards you or worrying about whether the ball is going to go onto the table. So you can start to just smoothen out that stroke and get the get the feel of the movement. So it's, it's really a first step um, to your learning. And you don't have to do it for, for days or weeks or, or even hours. You know, you can do the, the movements um, for a little while, just get the feel of the movement and then go on and start to do some hitting on the table as well. See if you can replicate the feeling of uh, the movement of those strokes. And with shadow play, you can really do anything. You know, I mean, you can do um, footwork drills, you can do some random drills, you can do some service third ball, whatever it is, whatever that you're struggling with, um, you can have a go at doing something uh, something without the table tennis ball, a shadow drill. Yeah, that's interesting. And what does the age of the kids have any impact on this? Like the younger they are. Is it better for them to do shadow drills because then they can do more strokes or do kids find that boring and, and might be put off? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it, it, it all it all comes down to how much it holds their interest as well. Um, you know, and, and that's why I say, I mean, you don't need to do it for very long. Just do a little bit of it. Just get them to get the feel of that, the action of the stroke. But, you know, especially kids, I mean, they want to be hitting a table tennis ball, right? Yeah, I think so. Swing, swing at... Uh, shadows yeah 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 and uh, it's interesting 
table tennis, because of the height of the table, is it harder for kids to get started or is it just they just get adapt to it? Um, it can be like if you are really, really little, um, that uh, ball's bouncing up pretty high relative to your body. So um, yeah. you know, some, sometimes you can put put them on a bit of a platform uh, so that they're up a bit higher, um, or just play on some lower desks um, type of thing rather than actual table tennis tables, so that the desk is down around their their waist height rather than up around their nose. Yeah, good, good ideas. All right, well, thanks for the question, your guest. Hopefully that helps you out, and uh, good luck uh, teaching your son and your daughter. I hope they enjoy the game for many years to come. All right, next up is a question from Kabir, and Kabir says, Hi, Alois. I'm currently using a Donic Acuda S2 rubber and want to know how often I should change them. Do you have any advice? Yes. Um, So, Kabir, I mean, we, we often say, in general... You know, about a hundred hours of playing time is um, is how long a rubber is going to last. That that will vary a bit depending on um, the quality of your strokes or the type of strokes you're doing. You know, if you're playing really strong topspin, it tends to wear the rubber out um, more than if you're just um, counter hitting, for example. Um, but yeah, just that that's a that's a general. Um, idea. Yes, yeah, so that basically means, I guess, Al, if my maths is right, that if you play for like two hours a week, it's roughly a year that the rubber would last you. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, making sure that you're keeping it clean, keeping it out of the sunlight um, or any direct heat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you can get a rubber to last that long. Um, the other thing is that um, you can just test your rubber by just rubbing your finger across the rubber or rubbing a ball across it. So hold a table tennis ball and just rub it across the rubber. If it feels grippy, then it might be still okay. If it starts to get slippery and slides across, then it's definitely time to change the rubber as well. And we do have a an old video that just shows us doing that, uh, you know, sliding the rubber, uh, the ball across the rubber um, called increase rubber grip. So uh, we'll put it, a link in the show notes to that as well. Yeah, excellent. And um, it can can be expensive changing rubber, but I guess when you put it in a comparison to you know you're paying your fees to play in your uh, at your club or playing your pennant competition, um, then if you're not changing them, you change them a couple of times a year. If you're playing often, it's probably not that much of an expense compared to you know the effort you're putting into it. And it, it's good to have you know good quality rubbers that are going to be grippy. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think there's the other extreme where players want to change and experiment with rubbers too much. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, don't don't get caught into that trap either of you know changing a rubber every two weeks because you you think it's no good. Indeed, excellent. All right, thanks for the question, Kabir and Alois. That wraps up the show. A big thank you to everyone for listening. Don't forget, purchase your Australian Open tickets if you haven't yet. Make sure you see that, especially if you're in Australia. And if you're not, take a holiday. Who wouldn't want to come and visit Melbourne and then go see Geelong, which is where the tournament's held just an hour down the road? Um, Yeah, so big thank you to everyone for listening. And, of course, big thank you to you, Alloys. And thank you, Jeffrey, and thanks, listeners. And um, we'll be back shortly. Bye.